This is the Tallahassee Business Podcast, bringing you engaging conversations with influential members of the community that you need to know. This episode is brought to you by Mill Creek Financial Consultants. At Mill Creek Financial Consultants, we offer more than just financial planning. We develop a relationship with you that helps you avoid common missteps, make confident decisions, and put your assets to work so you can enjoy the peace of mind that comes from financial security. Don't delay your important financial decisions any longer. Schedule a time to meet with our Mill Creek Financial Advisors and begin the journey towards achieving your dreams by visiting MillCreekFinancialConsultants.com. No investment strategy can ensure peace of mind, assure profit, or guarantee against loss. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Well, hello, everybody. This is Sue Dick with the Greater Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce. Uh, happy to be here today with Mark Cruz with Florida First Capital. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sue. It's great to be here. So this is going to be a very informative session uh, for our listeners because you and um, Florida First Capital really have a lot of tools for our businesses. And as a chamber, we always try and make sure that we bring forward those partnerships and information, especially right now with a lot of our businesses uh, looking to grow or expand or really take it to the next level. So let's jump in. But before we do that, we always love um, recognizing that Tallahassee has such great talent uh, individuals find it here professionally or after school and stay here. And I think it's always wonderful for people to put a little story behind our guests. So Mark, we were talking, you um, you came to law school at FSU and maybe how have you found your way now as executive vice president at Florida First Capital? So thanks, Sue. And again, it's, th- it's great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I've been in Tallahassee since 1993. Um, and I really can thank my father for that. Uh, and when I was growing up, he used to come over and, as a physician, would do some lobbying on behalf of uh, physicians on various issues and brought me once and really got me hooked into kind of politics when I was growing up. So I went to American University in Washington, D.C. for my undergrad, um, decided that wasn't the place I wanted to live after that, mm-hmm. and moved to Tallahassee um, and worked for a lobbyist for a couple of years and then decided I would go to law school. And I went to F- graduated from FSU, proud to be an FSU law grad, and of uh, stayed here since then and really enjoyed uh, uh, being uh, raising a family here. I have a ten year old son, um, and so uh, Tallahassee is our home. Well, and I, and I think you've uh, been able to compare your professional experience with bringing forward resources and and representing our community with the work that's at Florida First Capital. So let's let's jump in a little bit. Uh, what type of services are provided through Florida First Capital, and, and why would our listeners, our business owners, be interested in that? Well, thanks. So our mission, like you all at the Chamber, is economic development and job creation. So we're part of the economic development ecosystem, I like to call it. Mm-hmm. But what the service we provide specifically is access to capital for small businesses. And our main program for that is the Small Business Administration 504 loan. And that uh, is a great program for small business. It's up to 90% financing. Uh, it's actually uh, low interest, uh, fixed rate. So it's uh, 10, 20, or 25-year fixed terms below market interest rate, and it's used for purchase of fixed assets. So if, if their rent, as we know right now, if you're renting, rents have been going up, well, you can purchase your building through the uh, 504 loan program and not have to pay that rent and, and lease it to others if you have the space. If you want to uh, purchase land and build a building, we can help with that kind of financing. It's great for small manufacturers because you can build that building we can also finance the long-term machinery and equipment 
for the small manufacturer. So it's really a, a, an amazing program uh, that we can and appreciate this opportunity to keep getting the word out uh, because the whole program is designed to keep as much cash in the hands of the borrower as possible. That's why it's up to 90% financing. We've been fortunate for First Capital to be the number one SBA lender in Florida the last seven years uh, in either dollar or volume. So we've, we've been very fortunate and, and had a lot of success in helping small businesses. Well, and, and that's impressive. And you're here in the community. Uh, I know that um, we we work with many of your partners and have known Todd uh, for a long time. And it's something different in Tallahassee when you live here and also provide services because you have a broad reach. Uh, there's relationships involved there, and it's also easier for people to find you, get a hold of you, run into you at the coffee shop. And I think that's really important for our local businesses. How does a potential borrower determine if they're eligible for a loan? Sure. And for the 504 uh, program, uh, you need to be a for-profit company. Um, it, you can't be in a, a understandably, a, uh, a an area of business that would be illegal under federal law, which mm-hmm. we, can, we can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be a passive investment. And I mean that uh, we're not able to finance uh, multifamily housing. Um, that's considered passive mm-hmm. because there's, there's not like a storefront or, or, or anything like that. So it's selling goods or services. Um, and so and I would also emphasize uh, being in the community, we've been fortunate to partner with Department of Economic Opportunity on a number of programs as well that will benefit small businesses, including this helping deploy the state small business credit initiative. And we've also been involved in uh, her, Hurricane Irma recovery, which is actually still ongoing. There's a, still a loan program available for that, which we're near to fully deploying. But Irma was such an extensive storm that it's actually eligible for use in any part of the state. Well, and, and we were talking earlier about the FAMU Small Business Development Center, and, and that's a great partnership. Maybe uh, for a business, maybe outline how the two resources could be so ki- critical and how they do work together. Absolutely. It's a, a great point. Um, like you all, the SBDCs are one of our closest partners. Uh, if a, a business is interested in growing, uh, the SBDC can help them from uh, the beginning to the end. They can help them with their business plan. They can help them if they're a startup and uh, establishing projections. If they're an existing business, they can do a business valuation. So that really can help them getting in that proper posture to be bankable. We like to mm-hmm. put them in a bankable position mm-hmm. because our uh, most of, almost all of our programs require a banking partner. So we work closely. If the, if the small business owner already has that relationship, we can work with that relationship. Or if they don't, we can help them find uh, a lender to work with. But the SPDC can really get them in that bankable position. Well, and these are services that are available at, at no charge, correct? Absolutely. SBDC doesn't charge for any of that. And it's really uh, quality work because mm-hmm. um, we use uh, the projections and other things in our packages that we send to the Small Business Administration. And those are routinely accepted as part of the package. Well, and, and I think what's important, too, is the speed by which you all can work as, as long as the business has their information in order and that you really are become the advocate uh, for the small businesses and maybe outlining that if someone is listening and maybe they've gone through the process or they anticipate needing to, what are some of the, the things you would coach them on now and, and really letting them know that, yes, the services are available? Sure. So one thing, uh, we, you, you need to know your business. Um, and it sounds basic, but you need to have a balance sheet and a P&L. You need, to, you need to have those basic types of things. And you'd be surprised some businesses have just started up and just they work till they, you know, uh, to make the, the, the business prosper and don't always have time to do that. 
that's where the SBDC can help in developing those types of basic financials. So you want to be in a good position where you understand your business, you, you understand your financials, you understand where you want to go. Um, and we can help coach them on that, the SPDC or the SPDCs as well. Uh, we work uh, to try and make it as seamlessly as possible when you're applying for the loan uh, and working with your banking partner uh, to make that happen. So we really try and make sure we're a close partner with our borrower and with the, uh, the bank that we're working with. Well, you're out there again advocating. It's something um, we do that at the chamber on a local level on different issues and items on behalf of our businesses. But you all have done the same thing um, and recently had a win for small businesses. Can you give just a brief overview on some of the changes in the tax relief proposal? Thanks. So uh, we were very fortunate uh, to be able to be part of House Bill 7063, which was sponsored by Chair Stan McLean. And the Senate bill was sponsored by uh, Chair uh, Blazingolia. The issue was, uh, and has been for some time, with the SBA 504 loan, you have, uh, there's three pieces to it. The uh, lender does the first 50%, the SBA does 40%, and as I mentioned, the borrower only has to come up with 10%. And under situations where you had, uh, the SBA doesn't come in though, and, uh, immediately because they have to sell bonds to come and take that 40% out. So in that interim, it's called mm -hmm. an interim loan, mm -hmm. the uh, bank usually does that 50% and they do the 40% of the interim. So it, when it's uh, at closing, when the, the taxing is done for the uh, documentary stamp and intangibles, you pay your, your doc stamps and intangibles on the first, and then you paid it on the interim. And then when the SBA came in, all you did was transfer it to the SBA. So there was some incremental difference that you pay tax on. Well, for years and years, if you... If for whatever reason the uh, first mortgage lender didn't want to do the interim and you had a different bank doing the interim loan, they were, the borrower was actually double taxed and has been for years, unfortunately, um, because the when the SBA came in to do takeout, a new note was issued and it was an entire new taxable event. So you paid twice on the same amount of money. So when we started explaining this to the legislature, it was pretty much like, mm -hmm. that makes no sense. Yeah. Why are we doing this? And in conversations with the Department of Revenue, they said it, it requires a law change. It's not something we can fix. So I worked with the, the House staff and the, the, the sponsor and the Senate staff. We were fortunate to get that in both packages. And then the final bill that was passed included this change. And it's really going to eliminate, you know, there's not a lobby in favor of double taxation. Mm -hmm. you know, it, right. And it eliminates a serious right. issue for the borrowers that find themselves in that position. And this takes effect July 1? It does take effect July 1. Uh, and it's going to uh, really make it so it's much more flexible for, uh, obviously, a borrower would work themselves into pretzels mm -hmm. to make sure mm -hmm. the first mortgage lender right. was the same on the interim because nobody wants to pay double tax. Now that's not going to matter. So the, the first mortgage lender can do, if they want to do the 50% and the interim, they can. Mm -hmm. If they decide they don't, there's no tax implication. So the structure will be much simpler to do, and the borrower won't have to worry about being double taxed on their, uh, their funds. Well, you know, it's we're we're approaching hurricane season. I know our listeners might be hearing the the boom in the background, um, <laughs> but you you've touched on it. And I think it's important to note that there there are a lot of uh, opportunities out there for um, unfortunate circumstances because of storms, and you've touched on it. Um, we've talked about Hurricane Irma funding that's going to come through, and then uh, with the rebuild, but also the emergency bridge loan. I, 
for those as we plan out in the future sure. and, and want to know what else is out there, should it be needed, uh, maybe walk through that. And ju- and then at the end, we'll make sure we give a website for individuals can reach out directly to you. Great. And so um, I would also mention uh, we uh, for Hurricane Michael, it's a much smaller community, but there's a similar loan program that we provide through the state for that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, But when a storm hits uh, after Hurricane Ian and uh, – Small business owners probably heard the governor announce uh, an emergency bridge loan. The idea is to deploy some state funds to bridge the gap to either a a small business administration, economic injury, and EIDL loan, or some sort of uh, insurance funds um, so that uh, while you're waiting for that, you're able to pay your bills, Mm -hmm. uh, do some repairs if you need to, keep paying payroll, and then the federal government comes in and takes that out and the state gets that money back. And uh, for Hurricane Ian, uh, we deployed over 850 loans for uh, $35 million wow. to help small businesses yeah. in the Hurricane Ian impacted area. Uh, we also did uh, the flooding in Broward and Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. The governor announced a bridge loan for that. Okay. Um, we, and we've been deploying funds for that issue as well. We don't charge the state for that. We've been doing that since uh, after Hurricane Andrew. We've been doing emergency mm-hmm. bridge loans for the state. Um, and so it's really... Uh, a safety valve for small businesses. We know this. We're, there's lots of programs for individuals. Uh, we're kind of the first responder for small business okay. for the, through great. the emergency bridge loan. That's great. And our website uh, for any information on any of the programs that we do is uh, uh, ffcfc.com. Okay. Well, Mark, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, a lot of information, and I uh, wanted to make sure we just touched on. A few of these, and I know you said you all are there, you're here, you live in Leon County, so you're you're part of our community, which, again, is really dynamic, and I think what's so special about our community and our region, because we have friendly relationships, but the professionalism is just off the charts. And so thanks for everything that you and your team do, and again, for any listeners that want more information, uh, please visit uh, Mark Cruz, and again, it's Florida First Capital Finance, or Florida First Capital FCF, FFC. Mark, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you again, Sue. Really appreciate being here.